Bolvinaka, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast, Digressions of a Fijian. I'm your host, Isabella, and it's so great to be back with you uh, recording a new episode. I know I haven't been uh, recording for a while now, but I uh, had a bit of traveling that took a bit of took up a bit of time and uh, also had a bit of family obligations that we have that Nev and I have. But um, also, I've been wanting to change the concept and the type of content that I put out on the platforms that I use. Um, I've come to the realization that it's so important to produce content that's consumed by those who consume the content that is meaningful and adds value to um, our experiences and how we relate to those who listen and consume our content. So I really hope that you enjoy today's podcast and thank you for joining us. A few weeks back, I was contacted by an individual who was interested in writing a research paper based on the Fijian language. The individual had spent a few weeks in Fiji volunteering and, as expected, fell in love with the country and the people, and that seemed to be the driving point of why they chose that specific topic for their research paper. Uh, Firstly, they did not speak the language or have studied the language to at least have some basic knowledge on the subject matter. And so for me as an indigenous Fijian who speaks and understands the language, you know, is brought up uh, to speak it, to read and write uh, fluently. I was taught three different dialects. I felt a certain disconnect with what the person was proposing and did not see any advantage to why a non-Indigenous person should have access to the shared knowledge. Because to me, it seemed like they were just parachuting in to quickly write a paper about the Fijian language rather than to add value to the topic of the Fijian language. So I must admit I was reluctant to assist as I'm of the school of thought. It is so important today to empower those from indigenous heritage backgrounds to write their own research papers, to have access to resources that allows for the indigenous perspective. I fully understand that it is academic writing and that there is space for everyone. But as it stands, there's so much written about indigenous heritage, especially within our Pacifica region, so much being written about our communities, being written about our languages and other issues pertaining to Indigenous people, but from a non-Indigenous lens. Now, one thing we have to remember and consider is that even if the knowledge is shared from an Indigenous person willingly to a non-Indigenous person, there will still be an unconscious bias because of the lack of understanding of the sacredness of Indigenous knowledge. Uh, So I felt in this particular instance, to fully add value to the topic of the study of Fijian language, the person needed to be within the community for a prolonged period of time to learn the language, to understand the undertones that comes with the language, the silence that comes with the language, and the importance that we as indigenous Fijian place on the preservation of our language. So I put this query out to the Team Fiji Twitter community. Now, I find that social media is is a great tool to, to utilize because of accessibility, um, it's free, and also 
for those of us who are in, who who might be in communities or countries where um, being able to freely express your views or what you don't agree you know your views on what you agree with or don't agree with is curtailed by uh, legislations that are in place that restricts that freedom um, it's it's a great tool to be able to engage and get feedback um, on certain topics and so yeah so that was one of the reasons I utilize the Team Fiji Twitter community and I find that there's a lot more engagement on topics with regards to you know um, things that relate to the indigenous identity as well and Maybe because there's anonymity um, attached to to conversations that you can have on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, so when I put this query out, there were varied ex- uh, responses. But one that struck a chord was a thread that led from how we as indigenous Fijians um, should just uh, assist those who, who want to write Uh, about us, about our language in this instance, because none of us from the indigenous Fijian community seemed interested enough to do it. And so when I spoke about the reasons that I mentioned earlier, which is how we don't need non-indigenous voices to tell our stories for us or write our research for us, uh, the response to that was, um, was that academic writing is not the same as storytelling or talanoa as we know it in our communities. And for me, uh, um, especially as a creative, that baffled me because growing up in Fiji, I was brought up and I and I learned that our storytelling or Talano methods, it plays a vital role in a lot of work that is done in both rural and urban areas. And it's not just limited to creative arts, uh, but it's expanded into other sectors as well. Uh, I come from a background where both my grandfathers, my maternal and paternal grandfather, did a lot of community work. One was an agricultural officer and the other was an educator who also later down the line helped to set up and establish a technical college in the part of Fiji that we're from. Uh, Both of them throughout their career were posted to different parts of Fiji and doing these postings um, collected a lot of data and did a lot of research that was uh, expected of them by their respective ministries that they worked for. And a lot of this wouldn't have been possible if they had not utilized the art of Talanoa or the method of Talanoa wasn't utilized. My father worked in regional development and also within the credit union organization. And again, like the communities that he would have had to engage with were would be at grassroots levels. So in order to be able to access these spaces, to collect data, to be able to analyze how they can have a mutually benefit beneficial um, relationship, he would have had to utilize the Talano method. Uh, for myself, as a, as a member of the Fijian diaspora community here in the UK, Um, Being able to raise issues faced by members or simply having conversations that will provide signposting to relevant organizations who would be able to assist uh, our members. It requires being able to come together as a community or or being able to speak to members of the community using the Talano method. So... My podcast today uh, is going to focus on why we shouldn't be so dismissive with uh, using Talanoa as a research tool. 
Now, when we center the Pacifica theory of knowledge, or what is known as the epistemology, we begin to challenge the dominant research methods and create a space for researchers, academics, etc., to adapt to the indigenous paradigms or the model of research. So the question that arises from this is, why is Talanoa or the method of research using Talanoa or storytelling so important to us as indigenous people? And why is it also important to have it as an authority in the sphere of academia and research? I guess it comes down to the fact that when we write about our identities, our communities, our ways of life, our traditions, our cultures, we are in fact writing from a perspective from which we represent our ancestors who are within us. That is, we are not speaking as individuals, but more so from a place where these ancestors who are within us have paved the way for us so that we can now speak with authority about our indigenous identities. That presence that is within us allows for us to access our knowledge and truths in a way that non-Indigenous peoples will never be able to fully understand. They can come in and study us and our ways and our traditions, our cultures, our language, but their research will only serve to use us as examples because the lens in which the entire text is being written from is one that is not of us. Therefore, we'll not be able to fully grasp how sacred certain things are to us or why certain protocols are in place in order to have dialogue and access to indigenous na- uh, knowledge. There's also what has been referred to by scholars as a genealogical ethic. That is, uh, as indigenous people, we put our ancestors and our communities at the center of this ontology or specific area of study. So we adapt our research method to suit our way of life and our traditions and cultures rather than the dominant research method that is the Western method of research. So by doing this, we acknowledge that Talanoa existed well before us and will continue to exist after us. And it's a concept that exists between our ancestors and us. We are their representatives and we continue to negotiate and uphold the existing relationships within our indigenous communities and build upon them in this process. One thing we have to bear in mind is that Talanoa is not only a method within itself, it is also a process which we can use to ethically engage in contrast to methods such as interviews or through interviews and also maybe like questionnaires and surveys because through Talanoa we can then have the conversations that are less extractive and that there is a mutual benefit to both the researcher and the community that the research is being based upon. So within the space of having the Talanoa, we utilize our families, our communities and relations who in turn frame our lens of story, frame our lens of dialogue and relationality to place and people. So it's so important that when researchers come within these spaces that they understand and acknowledge um, why we recognize our indigenous communities as our first teachers. For those of us who live away from our homeland, uh, you may ask, so how does Talanoa apply to us? Well, we also use Talanoa in, 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 in informal spaces and also with shared traditional knowledge or practices that we try to maintain even though we're so far away from our homeland. So by doing this, we can also contribute to the research by sharing and using our experiences from an urban, indigenous and diasporic perspective.
So through the method of Talanoa, we can then find a way to incorporate what would be considered predominantly an indigenous concept and vocabulary, vocabulary that might be seen as being specific to be used only within the context of indigenous spaces as an established authority in the dominant method of research. So it raises another question. I mean, a lot of questions um, arise from this particular topic. But it raises another question here, which is, why is it so important that we assert our indigenous identity or come together as academics, as researchers, as professionals, as creatives, or even just as individuals and show us support for indigenous perspectives? It's because at the very least, it lends a hand to making academia and tertiary level education more accessible and familiar to our Pacifica community. So by allowing the centering of the indigenous perspective and the indigenous lens within the sphere of academic research, we then allow for the understanding of the meaning of protocols and processes that we practice in order to have the talanoa that allows for the sharing of knowledge. So to bring it back to the beginning of the podcast, the request from the non-indigenous person to access our shared knowledge with regards to our language. How do we work with people who want to come into our sacred spaces using our Talano method as an authority and as an established research tool? Firstly, we have to acknowledge right here that in doing so, we have to recognize that it is a catch-22 situation. Do we let people in who might do more harm under the pretense of doing good? Because the reality of it all is that we as indigenous people, we need to do our own work. We need to feel empowered to do our own work. We need to have access to the resources. We need to have access to the spaces that allow us to do our own work. I mean, we have Pacifica researchers who have stated in their own writings that indigenous development may be understood as a people-led development approach. Pacifica scholar Mayava states, if you are not being led by local people, you're not doing it right. So in this way, lessons are learned from the people rather than expecting the people to learn from a superior Western knowledge. And yes, in order to do all of this, we also need to find a way to work with those outside of the indigenous communities. However, the fact remains, we as indigenous people, we need to have control over how we are represented if the work is then produced by a non-indigenous person because representing indigenous stories, which is a central part of indigenous knowledge from a colonial frame is exactly why we are often viewed in romantic and simplistic terms by the rest of the world. Also, we need to remember that an important aspect of decolonizing academia is creating space for the voices that haven't been allowed into the exclusive spaces before, but also ensuring that the spaces created suits the indigenous voice and does not force the voice to fit into a white academic box. So let's not be so dismissive about the method of storytelling or the method of Talanoa, for it should be considered an integral tool for research within our indigenous communities, as it has a stake in what is considered mo modernist literature in today's academic world and for its scholars. And I quote academic writer Mahina, where they say, knowledge is the byproduct of dialogue or of something exchanged with others, a gift that occurs when one is in balance with another. Finaka Vakaleva for listening to today's podcast. I've really enjoyed being able to share about a topic that is so close to my heart and one that is within the field that I'm hoping to build my knowledge and also research study upon.
If you'd like to continue the conversation on this topic, please feel free to contact me on FijianInTheUK at gmail.com. And don't forget to sub- subscribe to this podcast channel or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for everyday shares and everyday life activities and musings. Before I leave you, I'd like to do one final share and shout out to Fijian poet Peter Sipelli, whose work I respect and dilig- diligently follow, and who is also a mentor to me with my own creative writing. He'll be reading a newly created poem specifically for this podcast called Talanoa. Peter has more than two decades of expertise in using and managing advocacy through artistic expression. He is an arts manager and supporter of the spoken word arts movement in Fiji. He founded the poetry shop Fiji and facilitates regular poetry circle discussions with new and emerging Fijian writers. He also works as an activist using storytelling as advocacy, and he's also passionate about developing the literary arts in Fiji and addressing prolonged silence in the art form. He's currently in the process of finishing the third and final book of a three-part series. The first was called Maps of the Ancestors, the second was Sleeping Ancestors, and the third is called Ascendant, which he describes as, I'm talking to the future me. So for those of you who are interested in purchasing his work and in turn supporting a local Fijian and Pacifica creative, you can order through email on petercipelli at gmail.com. That's P-E-T-E-R-S-I-P-E-L-I at gmail.com. Or you can contact me on any of my social media platforms. Just search for Fijian in the UK and ping me a message and I'll send you the details. I'm looking forward to our next podcast and I will leave you with Peter Sipelli and his poem, Talanoa. The spaces between us are sacred as we talk across and to each other. We address these spaces in the in-between. In this liquid landscape and of its island realms have been home to many bodies before ours. We are a young people, our ways are that of this place. We speak in tongues of many, we speak in ways that trace heritage, genealogies, and of family treed maps. We speak of our place. Talanoa is a process, a conversation, a circular way of talking, of talking story, of dream times, of kinship, of confederacies, of wars and of winds, of births and the small parts and the spaces in between. In rooms, in gathering spaces, in open-aired grounds, we talk in these ways. We change ways when we talanoa, when old wise men are amongst us, when families gather, and those that lead us, that hold us together, are present. Talanoa, a ways of connection, is talking and talking in ways that takes turns and digressions. Sometimes it takes large oceanic-like currents and meander through other subjects and meanings. It is in these ways that we are us. Conversational arcs are imported to us, and Talanoa is our way. Sometimes these ways of talking 
takes many sittings and take different forms in different places, sometimes over an age. As ideas, impressions, and truth emerge and take shape over time, so we take this needed space to talk, to talanoa. In an age where human connection is thin, it is in these ways that we remain us. Talanoa is how we speak to each other across time, space, and across ages. We hold each other in our words and with our deeds, and Talanoa allows us space and gives us a sense of knowing. It is in these same tongues and in these same bodies that contain the same spirits of those that first came. We, we are a people becoming.